0: Welcome to I'd Rather Stay In, the podcast for cozy introverts. We're your hosts, Megan Myers.
1: And Steffi Predmore.
0: This week's episode, Coping Mechanisms. Hello! Hello, Steffi.
1: What's new, Megan?
0: Well, I would like to rant about the show that I've been watching.
1: Please do. <laughs>
0: So I started watching Emily in Paris. Okay. Which has a real like it's a it's a show, not a movie, but it has a real like Hallmark Christmas movie vibe without Christmas. Okay. Like that kind of situational aspects. Sure. From all the Christmas movies that we watched last year
1: <laughs> <laughs> and we'll continue to watch this year. <laughs>
0: it's true. Um but so I've watched I don't know how many episodes I've watched. 5 episodes now. Um and it, it annoys me for multiple reasons. Uh, if you don't know anything about the show, it it's really popular on Netflix right now. They just uh, dropped it last week, I think, maybe. Okay. But Emily is a marketing professional. She works at an agency in Chicago. And she gets to go move to Paris to work for this agency that her agency bought. That's the premise. Okay. The problem is, is that Emily is supposed to be a marketing whiz, first of all. <laughs> her marketing, her personal marketing, or like most of what is she, she's basically like all about social media stuff, um, talks about social media stuff a lot, and there's a big concept where she is posting on her new Emily in Paris Instagram account, and she posts pictures of Paris with really bad caption hashtags um which I hope people don't actually do because that's super annoying <laughs> uh but like she, she she her Instagram account grows through this whatever through the course of the show okay um and at one point uh the prime minister's wife like sees her Instagram like re- responds to whatever I'm like no no that is not that makes sense but the other parts of it, She doesn't know any French. She lives
1: in wait, she lives in
0: Paris? Well, she she moved to Paris, but she wasn't going to the whole point of the thing is that she wasn't supposed to be the one moving. It was going to be her boss and her boss got pregnant, so she couldn't go. That's the whole theory. Okay. And so she is the impromptu person put into moving to Paris. But she doesn't know any French. And also, like, everything she does is, like, very, um, it's very, she just sounds like an idiot, basically. (laughs) Because the first episode, she, like, gets to France, she calls her boyfriend, and they're talking, and she's like, it's, like, right out of Ratatouille. And you're just like, how old are you?
1: That's the only movie in Paris that you could
0: come up with? Well, yeah, and just, like, everything that she-
1: thousands of movies that and have scenes she- of Paris in them.
0: Yes, and everything she does is like very naive when she's supposed to be like such a whiz at her job. Like she shows up at her job on the first day wearing a shirt that has the Eiffel Tower on it. No. Later on, she is also wearing a beret on another episode. Oh Jesus. Um she doesn't know that the first floor is the second floor. Oh, and like it's a whole like episode long thing.
1: Oh, they draw it on for an episode because
0: there's a cute boy who lives in the floor below her.
1: She can't figure it out. It's 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 apartment building math.
0: Yes, cuz you know, Europe is weird apparently. Mm-hmm. It's just so crazy. Um that she can't figure out so the that. ground floor. Yes. She and can't figure a out, out the floor. ground floor con- <laughs> concept, which is like you le- it's one time you have to remember. <laughs> Uh, so there's that stupid stuff, but, like, the thing that, the, the th- part that she doesn't know any French at all, like, really bothers me, and it uh, reminds me... And, like, me, she's
1: not making an effort to learn any, now that she has... No, they do
0: show move. her going to French class. Okay, well,
1: that at least is something, but... Yes.
0: Uh, so it was a little, it was, it got better. it's getting better where, like, she is supposedly learning French, but she was just very shocked that everyone was so mean to her and everything like you don't know french first of all and also you're like i don't know it's really rubbing me the wrong way as someone who has been you're running around wearing a shirt
1: with the eiffel tower on it of course yes and also
0: so the person it's i don't know if he wrote the episodes or just produced them but it's like created by the same guy who did sex in the city okay which I feel like explains a lot. Yes. Because she also has fabulous outfits every episode, aside from the ridiculous Eiffel Tower shirt. <laughs> and, like, Chanel purses, multiple Chanel purses. And you're just like, hmm.
1: There's no way that I job don't... she has. Right. Writing weirdo Instagram captions is paying for Chanel
0: purses. No, definitely not. Um, and then it, but it. The fact that it w- it is the same guy that do- that did Sex in the City it reminded me of all the, the Paris episodes of Sex in the City. Yeah, which I don't know if you remember, but since I just recently watched it, <laughs> it's again,
1: really at the top of your mind. It's
0: really at the top of my mind, where Carrie goes to Paris and she's like freaking out about Paris, as you know, people who have wanted to go to Paris normally do, mm-hmm. but also she doesn't know French either. But in Carrie's case, she has literally always wanted to go to Paris. It's like a plot point. Right. That she has always wanted to go to Paris. First of all, you have 9,000 pairs of $500 shoes. You could have always gone to Paris. But secondly, you don't know any French at all. <laughs> like, nothing. As a Not fashion a obsessed words. person who's supposed to love Paris and it's your dream, you don't know any French. And so it makes me very sad that this guy has not learned anything in, like, 20 years of showing off a city. I know. There's just, like, a lot of weird stereotypes that they're showing, too. Like, Paris is beautiful because it's beautiful because it's Paris. But also, like, I don't know. It just really, I'm still watching it for some reason.
1: You're like, I'm going to keep going. This show is terrible, but I'm going to keep going.
0: Well, the thing is, is that the actors are not bad. Like, they're bad. The acting is not bad. They're not doing a bad job There's with what the, they have. What
1: they've been given to work with, perhaps yes. not the best.
0: But it's just, uh, it could be better. It could be a lot better, and it's just really it's bothering dis- me.
1: It's disappointing. Yeah. I'm sorry that that is just dis- that is disappointing. You know, because like we love those Christmas movies. Like we do. Unap- we unapologetically love cheesy Christmas movies. But I can see how watching a show might get more exhausting. Like a show that's like a like a cheesy Christmas movie might get a little bit more exhausting than watching just a movie.
0: I mean, you do have to draw the plot out so much longer.
1: And those plots aren't usually like
0: that. Heavy. <laughs> yeah,
1: they're not usually that deep. Right. So, <laughs> like, yeah. Mm, I don't know. It, it, yeah. It's because, I mean, okay, yes, Christmas Prince, there are three of them.
0: <laughs> somehow, there are three of them. Somehow,
1: they kept making them, but it still feels different than like an actual series.
0: Yeah. Well, because it's only like at most, it's going to be two hours long. Like, I've already, there's five episodes that I've watched, so I've already watched two and a half hours of this show, and they only just got to, like, the main dramatic point (laughs) with the romantic stuff, so, like, it's gonna be a while. It's gonna be, you're you're gonna be riding this train for a while. It's true. I'm still in it, I don't know. I just really like Paris, and (laughs) the male lead is good-looking, so I don't know. That's why.
1: That's where we're. That's where we're at. Like he's right. handsome. I'm fine. It's good. <laughs> I'm gonna watch. This.
0: It's brainless TV. Okay. That's that's what it is. Uh, if I don't think about how much they're ruining their uh, representation of Paris, then like then it's fine. It's fine.
1: It's fine. That's amazing.
0: <laughs> What's going on with you though?
1: Uh, I feel like not as much as you. Like, I. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I don't I don't have as much to say I don't have anything I don't have any good like I, I've had many people messaging me about the life-size Thanos doll oh. that we <laughs> talked about a couple episodes ago um they're like oh my god this this lady is amazing Some one of my friends was like it'd be amazing if you could like get her on the podcast somehow I was like that would be amazing um if anyone has any connections with the lady that made the life-size Thanos,
0: <laughs>
1: please let us know because she's basically our hero. Uh, but no, I don't. I don't. I don't have any good rants today for you, so I I feel ill prepared. Although this time, this week, I actually do know what's bringing me joy, so I, I did prepare in that way. Excellent. Because half the time I I get to five seconds before we're gonna do that last part of our episode, and I'm like. Wait, what's, what's bringing me joy this weekend I don't or this week? I don't know.
0: I mean, sometimes I forget. I just get so caught up in whatever we're talking about. Just
1: get so excited about our topics. It's fine. Also, uh, today's episode that went live was about Halloween. Many of you have messaged me expressing concern about the fact that I hate Halloween. <laughs> I am okay. This is not a cry for help. I have lived almost 32 years disliking Halloween and chocolate. I promise I'm still a human being. I also don't drink coffee.
0: We will get through this.
1: We'll get through it together. I still have <laughs> friends. Shockingly, yes, Megan is a testament to the fact that I still have friends. I managed to find somebody to marry me, even though I'm clearly just a weirdo. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. So, this week I wanted to talk about coping mechanisms um, because I don't know, Megan, if you've like noticed this, but the world is like kind of going to shit right now. A little bit. It's like just, just a little bit. And I feel like we are all experiencing what a couple of my friends would refer to as collective trauma. Mm -hmm. Some of my social worker friends who are very trauma-informed. We've got the pandemic going on. We've got this massive election coming up that's extremely stressful for many, many people. And there's a lot of coping that we need to do. And so I felt like, you know, we talk a lot about mental health on this podcast, that we should just chat a little bit about coping mechanisms, what are some coping mechanisms that we're using to get through all of this right now, et cetera? Et cetera.
0: Yeah, obviously, I think that is a excellent idea, and hopefully I will pick up some tips.
1: I mean, oh, I may pick up some tips as we talk, too. We'll see where it goes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, first things first, let's define what coping mechanisms are.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So when you are facing stress, when you're facing trauma, and you're finding things to just life to be particularly painful, you're trying to manage really difficult emotions, your coping mechanisms are things that are helping you adjust to these stressful events. Uh, They're helping you maintain your emotional well-being. there's a lot of things and I think it's important that we mention the fact that a lot of things can cause us stress and it's not just negative things. I think that we often frame stress as like negative events Mm -hmm. um, are causing us stress um, loss um of any kind um again you know like the pandemic things like that um but events that are actually really positive can be extremely stressful like getting married moving in with somebody having a child um buying a house a lot of things that we've actually talked about on this podcast can also bring on stress Mm -hmm. So you may find yourself, like, turning to certain coping mechanisms or feeling more stressed, even during times that you're like, but I should be so happy. Like, you can feel stressed and be happy about something at the same time. Those things are not mutually exclusive.
0: Yeah. So what's the difference between a coping mechanism and a defense mechanism?
1: So when we're t- when we talk about coping mechanisms and defense mechanisms, like there are there is actually some like overlap, like if we look at like the Venn diagram of the two things, there is some overlap. But defense mechanisms are typically occurring, like they're more unconscious. So you're less aware that you're using them. Um, whereas when you're turning to a coping mechanism, you're usually, it's a little bit more purposeful and, and a conscious act. Um, uh, something that I, one thing that I read about it um, is that coping mechanisms are used to manage an external situation that's creating problems for you, whereas defense mechanisms can change a person's internal psychological state.
0: Okay, that makes sense. So,
1: kind of an uh, external versus internal situation.
0: Yeah, because a lot of the times that really has to do with your feelings about things, not necessarily dealing with stress, but your personal like, viewpoint mm-hmm. can cause a lot of defense mechanisms.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: So, uh, let's go over some of the different types of coping mechanisms.
1: Yeah, because obviously... Do we think, I think, like, just are if you're just, a, like, a normal human being, um, <laughs> uh, which clearly I'm not, uh, yeah. um, and so if you're just sort of like a, you're, you're a normal human being, you probably tend to think of coping mechanisms as good or bad, mm-hmm. tech, the, like, a technical term here, um, is adaptive versus maladaptive,
0: so oh, science
1: words. Science words! <laughs> so, um, adaptive are helpful. Like, I think at the end of the day, it's, it's really a difference between, like, what is helpful versus maladaptive can easily turn harmful. Um, and it's interesting because there's, I think that, and because I, I was talking um, about this on um, in the trauma book club group that I'm doing right now, we were talking a little bit about coping mechanisms and some, you know, ways that we're all coping with this kind of collective trauma that we're experiencing right now in the world. And they're like, something that is helpful, like, in too high of a dose, if you want to say, like too much of it can be harmful. So there's, and things that are like, we might think of as maladaptive or like not the best coping mechanisms, they may not actually be harmful in, like if you are being, careful about how much you're using them does that make sense
0: a little bit so I'm thinking like one example that is good but if you do too much it can be bad is like sleep absolutely so like a lot of times you know if you feel really like sometimes you just need more sleep but like sometimes if you're feeling bad like taking a nap can help Mm -hmm. but it gets to like crossing the line if you just end up sleeping constantly to avoid your problems
1: exactly or like we think of like okay i'm gonna veg out and watch netflix
0: mm-hmm.
1: like i think it's really easy to beat ourselves up because we're like i just need to just it's the end of the day and i've done all of these things and i just need to sit down and watch netflix for right an, and just like zone out mm-hmm. that's not there's nothing inherently wrong with that if that's not what you are turning to 24-7. Right. And like completely avoiding doing anything else. Um, physical activity, exercise is usually thought of as an adaptive coping mechanism. But like we also have to remember that there, you can work out too much. You can work out um to the point of harming yourself physically Mm -hmm. um so that's that would be an example of something that is good but could become a maladaptive coping mechanism if you're doing it too much so i think it's just really like there's a lot and a lot of things are going to depend on you and how your body handles things i think in a lot of ways but Mm -hmm. um Yeah, there's definitely, there's definitely, I think it's hard to have just like a binary of good versus bad in so many things.
0: Yes. (laughs)
1: Like, let's just, let's just like be clear that I think as human beings, we want to put things into, this is good and this is bad. This is black and this is white. Um, But there's not, that's, it's not usually that simple and I think that this is one of those things like there's definitely things that you can do that are going to help you get through times of stress and can be really helpful coping mechanisms and then there's going to be things that are maybe not going to be as helpful and there may be some overlap between those lists and it just depends on how heavily you're
0: turning to something. So what are some coping mechanisms that you personally um I was going to say enjoy, but that's not I don't know if, you, if if coping mechanisms are really necessarily something that are termed as enjoyment, but sure. things that you uh turn to.
1: Yeah, so you know, I think that sort of like when we talk about self-care um that there's a lot of things that we think of automatically in terms of like taking a bubble bath or like getting a massage back when you could do that, when you could have strangers touching you, I suppose uh, <laughs> or getting a manicure or um, you know, like things like that and doing a face mask um, and I mean, I do enjoy those, and there are definitely times when, like, I just need to sit in the bubble bath and listen to a podcast, and that can actually totally help me, like, relax and unwind and, like, take off some of the stress of the day, Um, but then, but I think there are other things um, that can be considered coping mechanisms or self-care that are not, like, as Instagrammable. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not lighting a candle and drawing a bath and putting it on Instagram stories on a boomerang. Um, something that is really helpful for me um, is, especially, like, depending on, depending on like, what the stress is, is, um, is actually writing... This is going to sound really weird. Writing letters to my elected representatives. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because there are a lot of things in this world, and I think this is particularly like on my mind because of the upcoming election, but there are a lot of things that happen in this world that cause me a lot of stress or just stress me out get me like down a worrying rabbit hole and i don't and i don't always feel like there's a lot that i can do but i can call or write letters to my elected representatives about certain things that are happening in the world and so taking five minutes to send an email or make a phone call about something that is important to me or the people that I love um, is actually it helps me sort of refocus. Um, And it helps me feel like I've done something like I've actually taken an action. Um, So that is that's like kind of a weird one. But it's one that I like to use.
0: I think that makes sense because you're also kind of focusing that energy, that like pent up feelings that you have, and like putting it into your letter. Yeah. And that's a really good way to like get it out.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, it, I think so much when we feel helpless, I feel like that. Can make a stressful situation even more stressful,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and there are a lot of things in our world right now that it's easy, like it's easy to feel really h- helpless about. But, uh, like just taking taking a minute to be like, okay, I f- feel helpless, but there is there something that I can do. Um, similarly, like I don't have a lot of time right now um just i just still have a lot of free time i think a lot of people don't have a don't have a lot of free time but maybe if you do have some free time like finding a way that you can volunteer Mm
0: -hmm. somewhere
1: um for an organization that is meaningful to you i think again can kind of like reframe your thinking in a lot of ways and help you feel like you are doing something so especially if The thing that's causing you stress is like the state of the world
0: yes but also remember back when we were talking about in our boundaries episode
1: yes there's not to volunteer for too much yeah there's a fine line like if you know that you're maxed out don't like that's that's it like don't yeah you're maxed out but you know you have you have to know what your personal boundaries are um but that's definitely that's definitely something to do um my some of my crafting my my i crochet i um cross stitch like things like that are things that i like to do when i'm just like i can't can't handle things I'm gonna go do this thing that is fun and makes me happy um I know for some people like coloring is really relaxing to them I know for some people coloring is not relaxing to them because (laughs) they are like ah it's like almost too stressful (laughs) um but like just doing something with your hands in that kind of a way um actually that's why I started crocheting I was in college and I was just like I'm really stressed out and I need a I need I needed something I could do with my hands um Mm -hmm. that was like to like keep my mind occupied on like here's a thing that I'm gonna focus on for a while and so that's actually why I taught myself how to crochet.
0: I need to reteach myself crochet um, because I I learned it a few years ago, and then I stopped doing it, so I forgot, It's <laughs> so convenient
1: that you are down the street from someone who can help reteach you.
0: I know. I've, I've kind of got it. Like, I just have to actually start doing it again. Um, but... It's interesting that you say that about your hands because that's one of the reasons why I need to relearn it again because my thing, if I don't have anything to do with my hands, is that I snack. Mm, mm -hmm. And that is another coping mechanism Mm -hmm. (laughs) that can really get out of hand.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Like there's, I'm going to have a cookie and then there's, I'm going to have 15 cookies.
0: Oh, it's for me. It's not like I would never have 15 cookies. But what I would do is be like, I'm gonna have a cookie, and then I'm gonna have a giant bowl of popcorn, and then I'll need to have another cookie again because I just had all that salty if stuff. If you give a
1: mouse a cookie,
0: exactly, she'll
1: want a bowl of popcorn.
0: And then I go to bed with a stomachache because I just did a giant thing of popcorn and chocolate on top of it. Yes. So you think I, I would learn, learn, but uh, like, no. I mean, it's a behavior that, like, so these these maladaptive coping mechanisms, big like, they're really hard behaviors to unlearn, mm-hmm. and so that's why, like, focusing on the other ones instead, it does take work sometimes.
1: Yeah, you know, and and something that I think is really important. Um, I so in reading the book "The Body Keeps the Score," which is sort of the like bible on trauma that many there are, are often times when maladaptive coping mechanisms these you know sort of unhealthy coping mechanisms are actually in a response to trauma mm-hmm. um, sometimes in a way that we don't even realize so you know if you are if like you find I think if you find yourself like in the midst of you know you realize that you have these not great coping mechanisms these maladaptive coping mechanisms I think and you know maybe you're thinking uh maybe I should like try some therapy I would look for a trauma-informed therapist um because the more I read this book and I'm not done with it yet but the more I read this book the more I realize that a many therapists are not trauma informed and B, like there's a lot of things that we want to put like diagnoses on things, like individual diagnoses, mental health diagnoses on things um, when the root of so much of it is some sort of trauma mm-hmm. um, and so. Like, I've, I've just, I just, I feel like there, I think what, I guess what I'm trying to say is there can be like a real connection here that you may not even realize. And I think we so often beat ourselves up for things. Um, and especially, you know, if your, if like your coping, your maladaptive coping mechanism is overeating. Like, there's so much shame, I think, around that from social media and mm-hmm. just media in general. And I just, I see so often people just, like, beating themselves up about this stuff when it, not to say, like, there's, like, there's there's a reason why it's happening. And you could go, like, if you can find a trauma-informed therapist... I don't know. Maybe maybe you can you can unlock some things. I don't know. I'm not a mental health professional <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination. I just um, like over the course of my own trauma over the last few years and like kind of dealing with that, I just am realizing there's so many things that are connected in our brains and our bodies um, that we don't even realize. And we spend a lot of time really beating ourselves up about things that are not our fault.
0: Do you know what I mean? I do. It's kind of funny, because as you were talking, I was thinking back about certain things, and I was like, yeah, that's probably definitely where those kinds of things come up. Yeah. thinking about my own kind of traumas. Yeah. Um, But so how... I know we've talked about how like finding therapists before and stuff like that, but how do you even find someone who can talk to you about these things? Where you just like you just said, there's not a lot of therapists who can handle.
1: Yeah, um, you know what? We didn't prepare for this question, so <laughs> <laughs> I want a database. Uh, Why is
0: there not a database? <laughs> well,
1: you know what? Like one of my friends, I will I I will try to find and share um, in the links. Um, in the quick links of the show notes Um, because I there's some I am trying to remember like rack my brain right now and remember where I've seen it but it was basically like a list of questions that you can ask a therapist to like determine if they are trauma informed Um, and I'm hoping I'm not making this up and this isn't a thing that my brain is inventing but maybe there should be a list Um, (laughs) but I, yeah, I think that there's definitely a, a need for kind of figuring that sort of stuff out um, there. But I will also say, I think that in this age of so many things happening online mm-hmm. that, um, like Aaron was talking about on our our most recent like healthcare episode, there's so... Like, I think that we used to be stuck with, here are the therapists that are in your area. Pick Mm -hmm. one. Right. Um, Whereas now we have online therapy. And so you can find a therapist that may not even be, like, in your state. (laughs) Because you can do your online therapy. Um, I also think it's important to note that, A... Not every therapist is going to be for everybody. Right. So you may, like, have a session or two with a therapist and be like, eh, I don't really, like, jibe with this person. Like, I think I need to find somebody else. Um, but also, you may, like, I don't, I don't think that every therapist is right for every season of your life. So you may, like, be working with a therapist for a while and they help you through xyz things and then you may find yourself in a different season of life and need somebody who has a little bit different expertise and i think that that's okay
0: yeah i think that's true um i know i have a friend who has been kind of shopping around for a therapist and she's been like visiting different ones and Mm -hmm. trying them out um it's It's so annoying because I feel like every time you, when you're searching for someone, you know, a therapist or even just a doctor, Mm -hmm. it's, it's so hard to take those first steps. Yes. And if that first person doesn't work out, like, trying to, like, work up the nerve to go find another person. Yes. Is, like, draining its, in and of itself. Yes. And it just can really spiral.
1: Yes, it really Hence can.
0: coping mechanisms. <laughs> it really
1: can. And I mean, I do think, you know, Ara talked a lot about like asking your network of friends. And I think that that is as, you know, is, is a great place to start with therapy too. Um, I was seeing a therapist, I saw a therapist for a few years um, that was recommended to me by a friend. And she was really great for me in... The season of life that I saw her in, um, which was really tackling like the grief of infertility and the grief of losing my mom and like all of those things. And she really helped me through that. And now that I'm sort of in this new season of life of being a new parent to an adopted child who has her own trauma that, you know, I'm going to have to figure out how to help her cope with um, and things like that. Like I'm sort of in a new season where somebody who is really adoption informed and adoption trauma informed is going to be a better fit. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, and I have, you know, a friend here in town who's an adoptive mom and I know that she has some recommendations, um, you know, so that she can kind of, point me in the right direction of some places to start so I think that you know kind of again asking asking your network and if you know s- somebody that you know is in therapy and they really love their therapist like it's worth asking like hey who do you see do you like them why do you like them what's up tell me about that person
0: yeah and I think as with all things mental health like it's just not talked about enough um mm-hmm therapy like whether your friends even go to therapy like i think a lot of people don't realize how many people go to therapy Mm -hmm. um but also coping mechanisms themselves like the fact that we're even talking about them i feel is a big deal because i think most people just focus on negative things or general advice where people are like oh if you're sad you should go exercise and you're like. I? I don't know if that's really the right thing.
1: <laughs> right. And like. Like again, if you hate
0: exercise, probably right, not and the best advice. And
1: that's me. Like exercise actually stresses me out. It's like, true.
0: She swears at the TV.
1: I get really angry. <laughs> like yoga is great for me. Mm-hmm. I do great with yoga. Um, but. Like, I know some people that for them, they, you know, they're stressed, things are not great for them, they're having a bad day, they need to go for a run, they need to sweat it out, they need to do like a high impact, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. That is not me. I will break down crying halfway through because you've like, 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 it has happened before where I have gone into a workout and I'm stressed out and I'm not in the best mental space but I'm like I'm supposed to do this because I'm gonna get endorphins and then I just end up like having a mental breakdown I had like a panic attack in the middle of a dance class once like I just I (laughs) literally am a hot mess so for me when I'm like everyone's like but I did I was like everyone says that you're gonna get all these endorphins and you're supposed to work out when you're stressed out And, and I just had to be like that's not (laughs) that doesn't work for me (laughs) like uh, it is this is not a one-size-fits-all situation so just because your best friend is like oh my god I do this like that may or may not work for you or it may not that in it in the same form may or may not work for you
0: you yeah like you were talking earlier about how like baths are really good for you Mm -hmm. and I think baths are kind of boring like, right, I, I get, yeah. it It takes so long to fill up the tub <laughs> and then you get in and then, and then what? <laughs> like, sometimes I'll just do a podcast or I would read a book, but it's still kind of boring. Right. And like, you're never in a tub that's big enough to be completely submerged <laughs> ever. Like, they don't exist. And I had a big tub in my old house. Um, yeah. So you're still like. Half in the water, half just naked.
1: <laughs> See, in that sense, waiting for the is, water
0: to get cold down
1: the, ra- down the stress rabbit. Hole. <laughs> it just
0: stresses me out.
1: <laughs> exactly. And, like, you know, like I said, some people love coloring and some people are like, nope, I'm not going to color this picture right. I'm going to use the wrong colors.
0: Like <laughs> I tried coloring and it was okay. Yeah. I didn't. I wasn't stressed out by it, but I also didn't necessarily like derive any pleasure from it. Right, you're like I feel neutral about this. Yeah, it was an activity. I did it.
1: <laughs> I tried it. It's fine. I crossed it off a list of things I've done in my life.
0: <laughs> I have some really nice colored pencils now. It's right. fine. <laughs>
1: I know some people. I know some people that love cleaning when they're stressed. If you, oh. that would be like I. I'm trying to decide if that or exercise would be like the more stressful thing to make me do. So
0: I don't, so I don't love cleaning when I'm stressed, but if I'm really stressed, that actually is the best time for me to do it.
1: Oh, you got some like.
0: It's like, it's like, uh, what's the term? I feel like there's cleaning. a term for it.
1: Rage cleaning.
0: Rage cleaning. Yes, I am <laughs> excellent at rage cleaning <laughs> because I just get so angry about things being dirty uh-huh. that like, I mean, I'm not necessarily. I don't necessarily start out about being angry about that, but if I'm angry about whatever and then I just see things that are dirty, I'm like, I'm going to clean it! Ah! And I, like go into a frenzy of cleaning things.
1: <laughs> uh, right. Best, best
0: to happen when no one else is in the house.
1: Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. Like for, you know, I love to read. My husband hates reading. Mm-hmm. So if I was like, read this book and it'll calm you down, he'd be like, no, it won't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that. So, you know, just... I feel like there's a lot of comparison games that we play in life in general.
0: Oh yeah, I mean we talked about that a couple oh. weeks ago, <laughs> right? Like, there's
1: this, we're just we are constantly comparing ourselves to other people, and so we can't expect all of our brains to handle situations the same way. We cannot expect it's like unfair to ourselves to say, hey. this person that's really close to you says that this thing is going to be the magic to like calm you down or de-stress you
0: Mm -hmm. because
1: it may or may not be for you like i i just finally had to realize that it was really mean to myself to like try to force exercise to be a de-stressing activity
0: yeah, because you're not gonna get the benefits out of it no, if you are like just
1: I quit, like five <laughs> minutes in, out. and I just go curl up in a ball and cry. Like it does <laughs> not work. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> like, do I still need to exercise? Yes. Are but are there other ways or other things that I can do? Yes. Can I do yoga? Can I stretch? Can I maybe just go for a walk? Like sometimes those are things that yes, I'm still like moving my body but it's Mm -hmm. not like oh i'm gonna go for a run and it's
0: gonna be so cathartic going for a walk is really nice Mm -hmm. like if you especially if you're by yourself or i guess you know you're you're with 80 so that's basically by yourself right she doesn't talk (laughs) (laughs) and she can't you push her so it doesn't take twelve thousand months to like walk a block right yet (laughs) right So I like I definitely think walking is one of those ones that for me where I just like feel really stressed, especially if it's like a work day that's really stressful for me. Mm -hmm. Like I'll just be like, I have to go for a walk and I'll just like walk around the block for like 15 minutes and come back and feel so much better. Like just getting fresh air can really like clear your brain
1: yeah and my last job in particular I would do that a lot um, because I worked in an office and Mm, like wasn't by a window and all that stuff and so if it you know was a nice day out and I was just things were just just it was just a not great stressful day I'd be like I'm taking 15 minutes Mm -hmm. and I would just walk around the block a few times and get a little fresh air and it would just give me enough of like, okay, that I could then go back in and continue on with my day. Um, I don't find myself having to do that as much now that I work from home, but that's because it is actually, it is easier for me to just, like, get up and go get a drink of water, and look out the kitchen window, and let the dogs out to pee, and, you know, sort of the equivalent, uh, moving around a little bit. Um, yeah. And seeing something that's not, like, a cubicle wall.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I was, I'm reading this list of, like, examples, and one of the examples is, smile. <laughs> like, Thank you, website, but let's not go there.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry, did a man write that. <laughs> I saw something that was like, one of the best things about having to wear face masks now is that nobody can tell you to
0: smile. That is true. Although I realized the other day that also no one can tell if you're smiling. And it's hard. I, Which, I cannot
1: tell you how often I'm like, smize, smise, look at me. I'm smizing. <laughs> I'm smizing at you. I'm a friendly person. I'm smizing.
0: You and your adorable child. I'm can't, trying to smile at you, you so you know I'm that like, like we're on the same page happy. here.
1: <laughs> right. Can you see that my eyes are like happy squinting because I'm smiling? I'm sure. Right. I look, like a crazy
0: person. <laughs> I know. Like I'm hoping that like my cheeks move enough.
1: Right, I'm like people can, can you see?
0: see I'm smiling yeah. under my mask, but still wear a mask. Uh,
1: yeah, wear your mask. This is not not a reason not to. So. <laughs> there is, I know. I'm just like I don't. I feel like people who don't normally have social anxiety mm-hmm. possibly don't understand like that the pandemic has just added this whole other layer. Of, like, there's just more types of social anxiety that I experience in my life now. Like, leaving my house is so stressful.
0: I know. Especially, like, if you leave the house with more than just yourself. Because then I have to be like, okay, does everyone have their mask? Where's your mask? Is it in your pocket? Where did you leave it? Because despite the fact that I have set up a mask station in my house... (laughs) Uh, literally, I'm the only one who like hangs up the masks every day.
1: <laughs> Sounds about right.
0: I don't know what everyone else... Well, I know Bob actually still has like two brand new ones in this room. They've never been taken out of the packaging. Uh, but I have no idea what my kids have done with theirs. <laughs> so every day when we leave, I'm like, do you have a mask? And we're like, I don't know. And then it takes like 10 what? extra minutes to figure out where they are. Because the kids can't use my masks because their faces are too small right it's a whole thing it is a whole
1: thing yeah and and then you have the like if you like if you are going for a walk what if you run into someone on this what if you pass someone on the sidewalk what if you've just left your house and you've gone for a walk and you don't think you're gonna see anybody and you didn't bring your mask and then you're passing someone on the sidewalk
0: what do you do That is true. What do you do? It's extremely
1: stressful.
0: Do you bring, I mean, sometimes I bring a mask in case, but also. Sometimes I just don't remember. Sometimes I don't remember, but also sometimes I don't remember to put it on when I do have it if I'm just walking around outside. Yes. It's a lot.
1: Yes. I've gotten pretty good where if I'm I'm taking the baby for a walk toward the college campus that's just a few blocks from our
0: house i mean there's definitely people there there's
1: definitely people there and all of the students are so respectful about their masks and are really really good at wearing them even when they're just like on the quad and like it's clearly social distanced Mm -hmm. like they're all always wearing them and so if i know i'm gonna head that way i'm i remember to take it with me just so that i can show them an equal amount of respect that they're showing me but If I'm just, like, walking, then I'm, like, ah. And then, like, if I'm walking on the trail, like, the runners aren't wearing them and the bikers aren't wearing them. But then I feel weird because I'm not.
0: But the dog walkers are. So, like. Uh, Yeah. And then
1: I'm, like, like are the other people pushing strollers wearing theirs? I don't know. (laughs) Like, it's just there's so much. I don't know. I just, I I feel like no. I feel like no one is talking about the fact that. There's so much more social anxiety for people that already had social anxiety. Like, I already didn't, like, interacting with strangers. And now, like, that anxiety is just through the fucking roof.
0: I mean, for me, I feel like it just got replaced. Ah, because because trying. we're all wearing masks, I don't have to talk to people as much.
1: I mean, there is that.
0: So that's helpful.
1: There is that. But then... When you do have to talk to someone, do I have to talk louder? Can they hear me through my mask? Can you hear me articulating? Did you hear me tight? Ty- did- <gasps> it's too much. <laughs> I can't. I, it's like, it's too much. It's really no, it's so, no surprise that I don't leave my house very often anymore. Because it's just like, honestly, like having a baby, I'm like, ah, oh, it just might be my excuse to not leave the house very often. Because it's too stressful when I do.
0: I mean, that's why we have our pod.
1: Uh, honestly, though.
0: Go to the grocery store. That's it.
1: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. i send Alex to the... I send Alex to the store now. I'm like, bye! <laughs> Can you go to the store for me? Bye! So, anyway. That was... That was a rabbit
0: trail. But...
1: <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, I really just needed to get that off my chest.
0: <laughs> anyway. Obviously, we all have a need for coping mechanisms.
1: Uh, obviously, we do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, so, like... You kind of, you, I think you kind of, you sort of just alluded to this, though. Like, this podcast, how, doing this podcast is kind of a coping mechanism.
0: It is, because it's fun. hmm And, I mean, a, a, we'd rant about certain things sometimes. Clearly. but But uh, rarely. We never, like, very, very infrequently. Um but like we're talking about a topic and then we focus on the topic and I can kind of forget like the world yeah. for a little while.
1: Yeah. Sometimes they're lighthearted, sometimes they're not. But you know, I'm like chatting with a friend and sometimes I get to learn cool stuff from our guests and I love doing that. So there's lots of different things. And I and I, you know, I think that you you are gonna discover what is good for you um Mm -hmm. and again like i was saying how not every therapist is going to be the right therapist for you in every stage of life like not every coping mechanism may be for you in every stage of life so um maybe there's something that was always really helpful for you and now you're like uh i don't know if it's really cutting it like that's okay yeah. Try something else. There's yeah. Lots of, there's lots of things you can try to do.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, a bunch of my friends and I, I think maybe you also subscribe to this theory, too, is uh, we don't drink when we're sad. Mm-hmm. So um, that way, when you do drink, it's like a first celebration. Yes. And it's a happier coping mechanism than a sad one.
1: Yes. Yes. Absolutely. I am in that boat as well.
0: Flip the script.
1: Yes. So... That's that's what I got to say on coping mechanisms, Megan.
0: I think that we will all be able to take what we talked about today and move on with this crazy crazy world.
1: We'll 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 find a way through. We will. <laughs> so, what is bringing us joy this week?
0: Well, we have a giant maple tree in our front yard. Yes, you <laughs> it's do. Like, Twenty feet tall it's insane it's big uh first of all my children think that we can tap it for maple syrup mm. which i don't know how to tell them that's not how it works uh <laughs> i don't think it's a sugar maple to begin with but we're not gonna get sap from one tree uh,
1: <laughs> you might get even if it were you would get like a drop of syrup. right
0: right and, like that's not like you have to it's a whole thing right anyway <laughs> we have a giant giant maple tree in our front yard um and it started uh, dropping leaves last week because it's fall, yes. and it's very beautiful, and they completely cover my front yard. <laughs> and so they, Max, the other day, asked if he could rake leaves, which, wow. first of all, I feel like this is a win in the Midwest parenting category. Yeah,
1: good job. Megan,
0: uh, Because he was like, I want to rake leaves, and we're like... I'm not going to say no.
1: I guess because it's a novelty right now.
0: It is. We'll see what happens, like, by the end of fall or in, like, five years when we're, like, it's time for you to rake the leaves. (laughs) And he'll be like, uh, no. Um, But for now, he thinks it's hilariously fun. Uh, So he and Bob raked up this big, huge pile of leaves because I told them... About uh, the leaf sucker machine. yes, Bob was very excited about the fact we don't have to bag them. So we, they made a big huge pile, pushed it all like toward the like the boulevard area, and then they decided to like jump in the leaves. Oh. And it was so cute to watch Max and Reese like jump in the leaves because, first of all, like Max is so small. Yes. And like he would do a running leap into the leaves and his smile was so huge. I loved it so much. That's the funniest thing is that (laughs) the, uh, after we were done with like playing in the leaves for a while, um, We went inside and went about the rest of our day. I was sitting in the front parlor room and reading a book or something. And I had the front door open because it was really warm this weekend. Mm -hmm. And I heard these like, I heard some families like walking by, our mom and our kids. And I heard some, you know, you know, the sound it makes when you like kick through the leaves on the sidewalk. Yep. Kind of thing like the crunch, crunch, whatever. And Um, I heard, so the kids were, like, jumping in the leaves and kicking them and throwing them around, and they were having the best time, and the mom was so mad. (laughs) Because she was like, we got places to be, I got stuff to do, come on, come on, and she was like, for, like, ten minutes, I feel like she was trying to get them to leave our yard, and I felt so bad, but also those kids were so happy <laughs> and like so multiple yeah and so they went past our house and then they like came back from whatever they were doing because they must have gone downtown and so like they did it again and the mom was yelling at them again and then <laughs> later on some other mom was yelling at her kids and i was like i'm sorry but also not because your kids are having fun <laughs> oh my
1: gosh that is amazing uh, i love that. it was awesome
0: it made me so happy i'm that's sure the leaves fantastic. like just gotten to like they're probably needed to be raked again oh after i'm that. sure
1: it'll be like every five minutes until yeah all of them are off the tree but yeah yeah because i
0: could hear the mom being like don't kick him in the street it's, <laughs> it's fine whatever <like>, so <laughs> they're leaves it's totally fine uh so that's brought me a lot of joy this weekend that's adorable i love it so much what about you
1: um so my joy actually has to do with your kids too. <laughs> <laughs> so we came over for dinner and hang out on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And as we were like sitting down to dinner like I'd gotten my plate and the boys had gotten their plates and you and Bob and Alex were like still getting your food in the kitchen and um Reese formally invited Alex and I to participate in your family's annual Christmas cookie competition. That's so sweet. And it was the sweetest thing. Like, he was like, so our family does this thing, and we're, I would like to I would like to officially invite you and Alex to participate this year. And I was just like, oh my gosh. Like, I felt like such a part of the family. And it was just really, really sweet. And it just made me so happy.
0: That is very, very sweet. He did bring up um, earlier in the week that he wanted to invite you guys, but I didn't realize he was going to make it a very formal invitation. He did. Um... But he, it's so funny, because he wanted to invite you guys, and then he wanted to be the judge. Like, Uh he wanted to make everyone make cookies, except for him.
1: Uh Uh-huh.
0: And I love that Alex was like, that's not how that works. I know.
1: Alex was like, wait, so who's judging this thing? And I was like, supposedly Reese and Max. And Alex was like, "Uh uh-uh. No, boy. This is not how this goes. (laughs) Like, Alex was like, no, we all get to judge. I was like, but then everyone votes for their own. He goes, no, you're not allowed to vote for your own. I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, no. Alex like fully called Reese on his shit on that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Reese just wants to eat cookie.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was that was a pretty clear like okay, but yeah, it
0: was it was that was pretty funny. Yeah,
1: it's so funny because like Reese, I think, just like really thinks Alex is cool.
0: (laughs) Oh, he does. He really wants Alex to be his buddy. Um, and also you need to tell your husband that he will not forget that. Alex promised to show him how to make ramen. I... He already asked about it, like, when it was happening.
1: Oh my gosh. Alright, I will so, make sure to update Alex Just,
0: that. Just a, a hot tip. Do not tell children that you will do something with them if you do not absolutely have plans to, Plan follow, to, through. to follow through. <laughs> because you sh- might... You might think that they'll forget, but that'll be the one thing they don't forget. I actually,
1: I fully believe that Alex meant that invitation when he said it. I just don't know if he'll 100% remember having said it. That is true. So, but I do think that he absolutely was like, yeah, I'll show you how to make ramen, like, whatever. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, Reese was like, well, when is it happening? And I was like, well, he did say it was like a three-day process, so probably not when you have school, so. <laughs>
1: Well, maybe, maybe over Christmas break, that would be yeah. a good, uh, a good activity,
0: a <laughs> good family activity. <laughs> oh man!
1: Well, what are we talking about next week, Megan?
0: Next week we are going to talk about color theory.
1: We sure, shit, are we? Are, <laughs> we are going to discuss how certain colors make us happy or hungry. Why some colors work perfectly together, and why the human eye can actually see more shades of green than any other color. Until then, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and listen to us on your favorite platform. You can also follow us on social media at IRSI Podcast or send us an email at I'd rather stay in podcast at gmail.com. We love to hear from our listeners. Talk
0: to you soon.